Sometimes it's easy to get stuck in your head when it comes to writing a book. And I hear lots of challenges come in from applications from writers just like you, who are wondering what it takes to have a book published. But before you can publish a book, you have to get through the process of writing it. So today's episodes, we're going to talk about the biggest challenges when it comes to writing a book and what you can do about solving them. It's an episode that I've been excited to share with you because I have been trying to create content to help many of you who have been on the fence about writing a book or have tried to start one and not be able to complete it because you need the most confidence um, than anyone to continue on. I want you to listen on this journey and understand that you can do this. You were meant to write this book. And if you've written a book before and are thinking of writing another, I want to help you understand that it's always the right time to write your next book. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. All right, everyone, Asul Taronis here. Welcome back to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I often have many things I talk to uh, with potential authors, but the biggest thing I, I, I wanted to know is what are the biggest challenges that do authors have when it comes to writing a book? So we're going to discuss a few today and help you kind of navigate the waters if this is one of your fears. One of the biggest fears I hear is that I'm afraid this book will just suck. It won't be any good. No one will read it or I'll kind of embarrass myself, or my peers will think that it's bad. That's a very common fear um, and challenge that many people have, which keeps them from writing their book or finishing it. Because every one of us wants to please other people. It's part of our nature. It's part of this sort of lizard brain, this idea that we have to protect ourselves from being thrown out of the cave, so to speak. Think about it. If you were living in caveman days and you were left out on your own, pushed out of the tribe, out of the group, out of the cave, so to speak, to fend on your own, then you might literally be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or starved to death, not having enough shelter or warmth. Well, that lizard brain still lives as part of our DNA as humans. Now, we don't actively think about it, but our lizard brain helps us too. When some danger comes, it teaches us to flee and run or how to defend ourselves, right? So that lizard brain does have a role. But the problem is many of us live in this accelerated lizard state where we're constantly fighting off some imaginary enemy. And in this case of a book, the imaginary enemy is our peers. We're really afraid that what they'll say will harm us. And yes, can a review bring a negative consequence? Maybe, maybe not. The truth is, our fears are usually bigger and more obtuse than they actually are. So really what we're saying is, what if someone doesn't like me? And that's sort of kindergarten playground rules. You know, let's treat everybody the way we want to be treated. But in the world of online anything, you know how it's easy to be taken sort of um, and dragged through the mud. But I don't want you to think about that. Because if you're already thinking about that, engaging your lizard brain about if this is no good, what will happen to me, then you're already pausing your creative brain. Your creative brain doesn't have any bounds 
It's limitless, endless, and has no worry about judgment. Your creative brain is where your best work is done. The critical, analytical, maybe even saboteur that we all have keeps us from taking any action because it's trying to keep us safe. But it's a false alarm. So we have to learn to silence that alarm. No one really, really, I mean, for the most part, will suffer any injury by sharing their book with the world. But I will tell you this. If you are constantly in that mode of worrying about it, it doesn't mean that you're not a good writer. It just means that we have a lot of fear. And that's understandable. But I want you to transform this challenge or this fear into something more motivating. I want you to think of fear as fuel. Now, that might seem strange. But I'll tell you this. Whenever I get stuck in my writing or I miss a writing deadline or I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I start to get fearful, I won't say I'm fearful. I often say, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. This was a bad idea. But those all stem from that fear that it won't be good enough. Being good enough is exactly what you are. You're good enough as you are. You don't need to be better at writing or have a better idea than anyone else. Your book is meant to come from you. Now, of course, you can get better at writing books, better at editing, better at creating ideas, even faster at writing, but that's not going to take away this fear. When you feel that fear coming on and it's keeping you from doing something, then you got to say, okay, fear, you're here to tell me that I'm terrified because this is something that's really important to me and I should take action. I have a post-it on my desk that reminds me and says, I am an author. And it might as well say, I'm okay to be afraid. (laughs) Because every time I have this terrible feeling like, I don't know, I don't want to do this, I have to remind myself, oh, this is authorship. This just feels this way and I'm not used to it. And when I'm out of my author brain, I forget that this feeling is exactly the feeling I need to write. It's the feeling that indicate I'm on the right path, not that I'm on the wrong one. So when you have this challenge of afraid of that your book won't be any good, I want you to remind yourself that feeling is exactly what you need. That's the motivation and reminder. Oh, this is authorship. It feels uncomfortable. It feels even bad, but that's because I'm not familiar with it. But when it shows up and I feel it, I know I'm on the path of being an author. So trust it. Use that fear as sort of the fuel you need to step into the thing that's uncomfortable. The adjacent challenge I hear, one of the biggest challenges is that, how do I know it's going to be any good? Maybe you're not afraid that it's bad, but maybe you're afraid or wondering, will it be good? How will I know? How do I get it good? Well, I want you to think of writing as a team sport, not an individual one, which means you don't have to do this all alone. In fact, writing a book isn't a lonely sport. It is a team sport. So if you are writing a book, yes, you might be sitting there putting words on the page, but it might be easier if you find someone as a writing buddy and say, hey, let's meet up and write. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's talk about our writing. You don't have to do it alone. This isn't school. I was a school teacher for many years, uh, education for 24. And uh, what I have observed is we often told people, don't look at other people's paper, keep to yourself. And so we're afraid to talk about our work or show people what we're working on until it's good. You know, that feeling of good, air quotes, good. Books are never good or bad. They just are. People get to choose what they think of your book. That's not up to you. That's not in your control. So writing a good book is not really under your control. But you can get help making your book better as a manuscript. You can have an editorial team, 
Um, in fact, many editors with different roles. You can have early readers. You can have um, developmental support, proofreaders. There's lots of people involved in making a book great. Books that you read aren't done by one single person. It's a team. So trust that if your book's going to be good, whatever you think good is, I want you to think of it's done together with other people. That should give you confidence, right? Like these beautiful pictures you see on social media, they look great, but more than likely they weren't the ones taking their own pictures if they're in it. And they probably used a little tool to make the lighting better. They probably uh, adjusted the, the depth of field. They did all these things to make it look good. It just doesn't look good on its own. There is work to it. All of all the things that have um, sort of beauty attached to them, like artistry, can involve other people. They don't have to be alone. Now, I'm not criticizing you if you wrote your book alone and didn't get any help, but I'm saying you can make a choice. That's how it can help you give confidence that your book's getting better over time. Sort of like season it, then marinate it, and let it sit. All these things, these analogies might work for cooking. They work really well for writing, and they involve a lot of different ingredients in order to make it taste good. Well, that's true for a book. Another big challenge I hear from authors often is, look, I have several ideas and I'm just not sure which one is the right one. How do I know what idea is the best idea? What I tell the authors or writers who are trying to write, trying to pick their idea, is that most of the time, even if you think you have an idea, we have more than one idea in a book. It's inevitable. You have a whole life you've lived. You have a life experience. You might have an expertise. And so, Trying to pick one single idea can be challenging. So don't ever worry that you have too many ideas. In fact, that's what writer's block is. Not having too little to say, but having too much. And the truth is, there is no such thing as writer's block. It's a belief that you can let go of anytime you choose. And maybe it feels real because you sit at the page and you stare. And I have a feeling that comes from just having too much in your mind. What will this be? How long does it need to be? Am I writing it right? Is this tone? I'm terrible at English. That's what writer's block's about. It's not real stuff. It's about fake things. And the reason I say that is you don't have your plumber say, I'm sorry, I can't help you with your faucet today. I'm having plumber's block. Or show up to the barber or the hairstylist and someone say, sorry, I'm having hairstyle block today. I can't help you. Or I'm having mechanic block. I can't fix your car. We would think that's sort of ludicrous because kind of it is. And it's true for you. You're not having a block that really prevents you from writing. What you have is too many ideas in your head that's making it overwhelming. The ideas may even have nothing to do about writing. They might be about, well, how am I going to market this? Who's going to buy this? How do I get reviews? Does it go on Amazon? So I self-publish? If this sounds like you, it might feel like writer's block, but the block's coming from the funnel of creativity being blocked, not from your ability to write. One of the things I want to give you as a tool, if you start to feel like you have what people call writer's block, is I want to challenge you to do an eight-minute piece of writing. Now, why eight minutes? Well, I find it's long enough that you can get some writing done, but short enough to, that you can't tell me you don't have eight minutes in a single day. We waste more time on any social media platform or our phone in general um, by 20 times that in, in a day. So I know you can write a book with a few minutes, but here's the challenge. When you're feeling blocked and you feel like you have to write and you can't get the words out or it doesn't seem to be coming out right, then I want you to write about, well, what's in your head? So rather than write the words for the book, maybe you're a realtor and writing a book about real estate, maybe 
write about what's in your head instead. For me, that kind of talk in my head would sound like, this is a bad idea. You know what? I like my idea better. You know what? What if I should have written fiction? I wonder what's for dinner. Wow, how much money is in my bank account? <laughs> when I start writing about what's in my head and I put it on page, I actually start to laugh because I realize my problem has nothing to do about writing and everything else to do about what's in my mind. And those are doubts, fears, distractions. And it's okay to acknowledge those things and actually okay to address them through your writing. Because rather than stopping writing because of those things, you're going to use those things to continue to write. Once you empty your head of all those thoughts, you'll feel like a little bit of relief. That funnel will be empty and that block will be released. And now you can continue writing on the thing you're thinking about, real estate or whatever the topic is. So try it. Try setting a timer for eight minutes and writing whatever comes to your mind, whether it's about your book talk topic or not. And then don't judge, should I be writing about this? My first book, I wrote in 30 days. And like you, which is most of us, I was busy. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Some, some writers say, you know, my biggest challenge is I don't have time. And to that I say, yeah, I was that person too. For 24 years, I just didn't have time. And you know what? Magically, I never got more time. Everyone has the same 24 hours a day. At first, I remember thinking, I'm a dad. I have two school-aged children. There's volleyball practices, and you know, I have to prepare lunches and then come home cook dinner. And then there's um, weekend events, and you know, I have these friends coming over, and I haven't even done laundry, and my floors need to be cleaned, and the dog got into a skunk, and like everything, I never seemed to get more time. Even when I thought this week I'll take off and I'll do it. I even heard writers tell me, I'm going to take the weekend, I'm going to go into the forest and get a cabin, I'm going to write all weekend, and I'll come out with my book, or at least part of it. And I have some writers come back and say, you know what I did all weekend? Stare at the page. I was like, yeah. The myth of more time would help me write my book is exactly that, a myth. It's not time you're needing. It's clarity and focus. So if you're having a time problem, you're having one of those two problems most likely. So what do I mean? Well, if you know what you're going to be writing about when you sit down, even if you have 20 minutes, you can get a lot of words on the page. In fact, I, I'm really clear in my programs that you can write a book if you have anywhere about a 20 minutes a day. You can write a book in six months or less. And the reason is it's simple math. I'm a slow writer, and I write about 28 words a minute, maybe faster some days, depending on my fingers, <laughs> if I'm not thinking too much and I'm trying to get my words out. If I wrote you know, 28 words a minute, I would do pretty well because not only would that add up over time, the 28 words a minute, but it also adds up over the course of days. So if I wrote for eight minutes, 28 words a minute, that would be 224 words in eight minutes. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot maybe to you, but um, if you wrote consistently writing that many words, 28 words in a minute, um, that means in about Three months, I would finish a book. What that seems kind of crazy. Or well, six months, I would write about eight minutes a day. That means in six months, with just eight minutes every day, I would finish a fifty thousand word manuscript, which is the average book size. The books are smaller and books are longer. But with eight minutes a day, I could finish a book in six months, which is eight minutes a day. The answer is yes, you can. So I want you to stop telling yourself the excuse that I don't have time. What you don't have is, is probably focus 
and clarity. Those are the first two steps that people jump over and they get right to writing. And the reason they think they can do that is they get an outline. I have an outline so I can jump. I was like, wow, you're leaping to a, a part of the phase that's actually typically reserved for the end. An outline is a reminder of where the reader is going. It's not necessarily the pathway for where an author is going. Because you might write in a different order than the reader will consume it. And so stop thinking the outline will solve your problem too. Just like needing more time, having an outline won't necessarily solve your problem. But you do need a plan. You need clarity and focus so that you can get your book done. And that's what we teach in our programs. How do you do this? We teach the skill. We're not just telling you do this this time and you have to, to repeat this process in our programs. Once you learn the skill, we want you to take it with you. Because having the skill of authorship is about understanding your, who you are, why you're the unique messenger in this. If you don't see that purpose, you won't believe you can do it. And you'll use other things as excuses, like I don't have time. So now that you know you can write a book with just eight minutes a day in six months, let's stop saying that I don't have time. Fair enough? <laughs> awesome. And another challenge that I hear from writers that happen to come very in the very beginning, which is, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't know the very first thing I should do. I have some ideas, but now what? Now what do I do? How do I begin? And so this is the rabbit hole that I started down for 24 years, which is, well, you got to understand, before the internet was sort of invented or used, I just went to the library and checked out books about writing. And then eventually as the internet came around, I started watching or taking courses about it. I took workshops in person. And every time they all had a different way of teaching. This is how you do it. I try their path or follow this system. And what I realized is that I was getting in my own way because now I had so many different ideas. I didn't know what the right one was. I was stuck, stuck at the start. I like to say, if you're stuck at the start, one of the best things you can do is, is visualize your book idea. Draw it out. Don't let words get in the way of your book. Don't let words get in the way of your book. I know that's sort of silly. But one of the things I, I have been saying lately is books aren't words. Yeah, that's what I said. Books aren't words. What does that mean? Books are ideas that are contained inside of words. If you were there, you might be able to speak them out on a stage or in person or in front of a classroom. But when you're not there, those ideas have to be placed somewhere else for someone to consume them. In this case, we're using words. We could create our, our book idea in a series of videos, probably. But in this case, a book is words. But again, remind yourself that this is an idea before it's a book. The idea is what we want to focus on first. And so if you're trying to start with a book first, you're going to get lost. So vision out your idea. Draw it out. Get a single sheet of paper. And draw what this book journey is. Who's involved? What ideas do you have? And don't hold back. Just dump it all on the page. Because if you can get the words out of your head and out somewhere you can see it, you can start to understand why this is a big challenge or why you feel lost. But if you leave it in your head, your brain doesn't know to separate it from other things. It starts connecting them to other ideas and formulating new ideas. You meet new people. You have new experiences. So the book starts to grow in your head. And now you can't think, well, is it that idea or is it the last idea? Because now I can't tell because I have this new book idea. And so books get overstuffed with ideas. So emptying your head on a page will help you 
see your path forward. Once you see what's in your head, you can start to analyze it. Oh, you know what? I really like this idea better than that one. And that will help you get clarity. So visualize your book if you want to have a place to start. And you can talk about your book as a real thing. The idea that it is. And then start talking about, well, that's my idea. Then what's my message? If you get clarity about your message, you'll really make a lot of progress. I hope this helps you. I hope you feel more confident when you face these challenges when you write. You can do this, even if it feels like you can't, because that fuel that you need as an author will help you move forward. And don't let it confuse you. That, that fear that is the fuel you need to be reminded, this is important to me. And as always, if you're looking to write a book, we want you to continue to do things like subscribe. If you're listening to this for the first time, hit subscribe. And please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcast because it helps other people find it. Tell them what you liked or even tell us what you want more of because we want to help you on this author journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of Authors Who Lead. I'm Asul Taronis. We appreciate you. Please subscribe so you can get the notification that we have new episodes every week and go to authorswholead.com to learn about our show notes and all of our backlists of amazing authors we've interviewed since the beginning of this podcast. Thank you and have an amazing day.